Rosh Hashanah, the king. In Tehillim it states, Ashle am Yodetrua, fortunate is the nation that knows the shofar blasts. Now, in the Torah, Rosh Hashanah is known as Yom Trua, the day of the shofar blasts. And David HaMelech is telling us here that besides for blowing the shofar on the day of Rosh Hashanah, there is something called knowing the shofar blasts. It's those individuals who make an effort to understand the lesson of the shofar blasts. They are the most fortunate among us. They are the ones who will have a successful Rosh Hashanah. Now, who doesn't want that? All of us here want another year, a good year of happiness and success. And therefore, Ashrei, how fortunate we will be if we take some time to know the Torah. Only that when you look in the Torah, there's nothing to know. It's a mystery. The mitzvah of blowing the shofar is stated in the Torah without any reason. In the seventh month, on the first of the month, it should be a day of shofar blowing for you. That's all. It doesn't even mention the word Rosh Hashanah. Surely not a reason for the shofar blast. In one other place, something is mentioned. It should be a zichron trua, a shofar blast that reminds you. But to remind us of what? It's a blank. Now the first thing we see is that HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants to demonstrate the importance of Torah Shabal Peh, the oral Torah that was taught to Moshe Rabbeinu on Har Sinai and handed down from generation to generation. Because you see here that the Torah is intentionally concealed information. After all, there must be something more here. All of a sudden, on the first day of the seventh month, you blow shofar? What's the procedure? And what's the idea altogether? And so we understand right away that the reason is concealed from us in order that we should go to the Torah sages. Hashem says, in the seventh month, on the first day, you blow shofar. That's all I'm telling you. You want to know what it's all about? Go to the Chachmea Torah who received the Torah Shabal Peh and they will tell you. They'll tell you that it's a Yom Hadin and that you have to blow a certain amount of blasts with a certain procedure. From them, you can begin to understand the purpose of this mitzvah. And what do the Chachamim tell us? So when you look in the Seder HaTzfilah, the Tzfilas were written by the Anshe Knesset HaGadoyla, the keepers of the Torah Shabal Peh. And so when you look there, you see that the Rosh Hashanah is all about Malchus. Everything revolves around Hashem's kingship. Yes, you'll find there are other aspects too, but even they are all connected to the element of proclaiming Hashem, the Melech. When we blow the shofar, those blasts are coming to proclaim his Malchus. That was the practice in the olden days. When a king began his reign, it was announced by the blowing of the trumpets. And that's what we're doing on the Rosh Hashanah. We're announcing that he is the Melech. Hashem, Melech. That's the theme of the day. Now, I use the word melech deliberately because the English word king doesn't do any justice at all to the word melech. Because when we consider the truth of the matter, who was the king of England really? He was a shikur who gained the throne by assassinating someone before him. The kings weren't elected. They weren't chosen because of their good midas. It was somebody who was a tough brute, a buccaneer, a racketeer, who fought his way to the top. I'll tell you one of the stories as it's told in the history books. I'm saying it in short, but you'll understand the picture. There was a brigand in the highlands of Scotland who was more vicious than his fellow cousins. And so after committing many deeds of mayhem, he finally gained control of his clan. The big brute now became the chief. But because he was an ambitious brute, 
That wasn't enough. And so after a few well-timed murders, he succeeded in building himself a castle and making himself a member of the Scottish nobility. After a while, he was so rich that his family intermarried with the reigning family in England. Inve hagefen be inve hagefen. The drunkards of Scotland were mashadech with the drunkards of England. And then, when a suitable situation arose, this Scottish mobster hired someone to plunge a dagger into his mechutin, and he himself took over. That's how he acquired the title king. But when we say Hashem is king, it means something else altogether. Because Hashem is not someone who came to a country that already existed and he was chosen king, or he conquered them and became their king. No, our king is something very different. He made the country and he made the people. And then he put the people into the country and that's how he became king. That, by the way, is why Rosh Hashanah is on the first of Tishrei, the day he created the world. Hayom harat olam. Today is the birthday of the world. We say that again and again on Rosh Hashanah, and it's not a new idea, a separate subject from Hashem Melech. It's the explanation. How did he become king? When he made the world, yesh me'ayin, he brought it into being out of nothing. Before, there was no world. It was ayin. There was nothing at all except Hashem. And when he made the universe, he became a melech. Hashem melech means he created his kingdom. Umaloch aleichem. And thereby he became the king. Now that's a king. Everything else, all of creation, it's only his wish that makes it exist. But intrinsically, nothing has any existence. And that's what Rosh Hashanah is saying. Our king is something entirely different because he's the only real existence in the world. That's why when we say various pesukim about Hashem's malchus in the Rosh Hashanah Musaf Tefillah, so the last one is Shema Yisrael Hashem Elokeinu Hashem Echad. All the other pesukim mention the word Melech. That's the point of the ten pesukim in kingship. But the last one, the grand finale, seems to be missing the most important word. It's just Shema Yisrael Hashem Elokeinu Hashem Echad. It doesn't mention anything about Hashem being the king. But Hashem Echad, that's the true explanation of Hashem Melech. Because Echad means that he is the only one who exists. The only one. Don't we exist? So the Rambam explains that he is the Mechuyav Hametzias. It means he is the only one whose existence is a real existence. Everything else in the world exists only because Hashem wants it to be in existence. We exist only in the sense that he causes us to be in existence through his Ratzon. If he stopped imagining us into existence, we would disappear into nothing. Of course, his imagination is a significant imagination. You can pinch yourself, you see that you're real. But still, it's only his imagination. Our king is the only one who actually exists. And that means that he's the only one we should be thinking about. Hashem Echad means that he should be the Echad in our thoughts. No matter what you are doing, no matter what you are thinking about, He's the one who you should be thinking about most. And that's the Tua, the blast we blow, to announce his kingship, to proclaim to all that his existence is the only one in the world. Now, why don't we just get together and shout? Who needs a shofar blast? The answer is that the human voice is not strong enough to emphasize the greatness of the occasion. It requires the big blast of the shofar. Like it says about that day that we're all looking forward to, the day of Tekabe Shofar Gadol Cherutenu. HaKadosh Baruch Hu will someday sound a great Shofar and take us out of Golos.
Now, why will he sound the great shofar? Let him just come and take us out. We need trumpets? Just take us out and we'll be happy. The answer is that the greatness of the event requires a shofar blast. Just like the great event of Matan Torah came with a blast, Mashiach will also come with a loud blast. The whole world is finally going to know the truth. It will be revealed that Hashem Elokei Yisrael is king and that all the ideologies of the Umas Ha'olam are Sheker V'chazov and their religions are false. All their schools, all their teachings are loaded with Sheker. All the Minhagim, their attitudes towards life are all wrong. Only the way that the Am Hashem has been conducting itself throughout history, that's the only way Hashem recognizes. And now, in order that the world should hear that MS, HaKadosh Baruch Hu will make a Shofar Gadol, a blast that will deafen the ears, because what's most important must be announced with a boom, with a blast. And that's why the declaration of his kingship we do by means of a Shofar, not quietly, a declaration with a blast. Because in this world, the great truths are not heard. Mikol Hamona Shel Romi. Because of the great noise that comes from Rome. Masachat Yoma. That, it doesn't mean only from Rome in Italy. It means also the great noise that comes from the Tuma of New York and the Tuma of London and Paris and Tel Aviv and Berlin and Moscow. All over the world, the centers of Gentile civilization are producing noise of Sheker. The scientists and the evolutionists, the politicians and the entertainers and televisions and newspapers, a world full of apikursim making noise. And so today, we make a big blast to remind ourselves that our job is to drown out their noises. Hashem Melech means we're shouting them down. We're laughing at them. Hashem Melech means that we are drowning out all of the noise from the other religions too, because they're nothing. I don't want to insult the religions because we are good friends with everybody. Along with being loyal citizens of our country, we're good with everybody. But it's plain ridiculous. All the religions are ridiculous. And because the world makes noise about nothing, so we need the shofar blast to drown them out. And so, we come back now to Ashrei Ha'am Yodei Trua. Fortunate are those who know what the Trua is all about. And we'll say now that this is the purpose of the shofar blast. HaKadosh Baruch Hu is being proclaimed by us as the Melech, the King. Rosh Hashanah is dedicated to making ourselves aware that there is only one thing in the world and there is only one thing that matters in the world. Hashem Melech, Hashem Echad. And as much noise as the world wants to make, we're going to stand our ground. We're putting the world on notice. As far as we're concerned, Hashem Melech, Hashem Malach, Hashem Yimloch Le'olam Vay. Hashem always was king. Hashem is king now, and Hashem will be king forever and ever. And so, we begin to see now what the Yom Trua means to those who are Yoide Trua. It's not just the sound that we listen to for one or two days. We listen to the shofar in order that it should have very far-reaching consequences after Rosh Hashanah too. Yom Trua means, make this day your model. Make noise about Hashem all year long. But the question is, are we here in this world just to make noise for other people to hear, to proclaim to the world? Is it all for export? Actually, the mitzvah is for every individual to hear the shofar. And so we must say that the most important target at which we are aiming, all the noise is ourselves. We're the ones who will benefit most by hearing the kol shofar. And therefore, we are the ones who have to listen most. After all, you're doing it for Hashem. 
He doesn't need our coronation to ascend to the throne. That's as silly as could be. A little man on this earth takes a ram, saws off its horn, stands up in shul, and gives a blow. Toot, 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 toot. And you'll give honor to the king, the creator of the universe, who creates billions of star worlds in which this earth is a speck of dust. And because one human being, or a thousand, or even a million human beings blow the shofar, he becomes exalted now from toot, toot, toot. No. Of course not. We won't make him any more of a melech, no matter how much we blow. So what it meant, when we say Allah Elohim Bituah, that he is exalted by our shofar blowing, the answer is that when we announce Hashem's kingship, he becomes exalted in our own minds. Now don't think it's such a simple matter, because people are always hearing things and never gaining anything. To acquire the knack of assimilating within yourself what you're hearing. There's a certain greatness in that. To listen and to take it seriously, to let it enter into your bones, it saturates your mind and you become changed gradually. You become actually a new person by listening to the shofar. And so, when we make a bracha, l'shmoa kol shofar, to hear the voice of the shofar, it means more than just listening to the sound. It's not enough merely to stand and to think, I'm listening... Of course we have to listen, if the koilis are kosher to be yaitze. But we shouldn't stop there. You have to understand that it's talking to you. The Rambam says that the shofar is telling you something. The Rambam, in his big sefer, doesn't usually give reasons for the mitzvahs. And here he says that there's a teaching in the voice of the shofar. Uru yeshenim mishinatchem. Awake, O sleepers, from your slumber. V'nirdomim hakitu mital demathem. Sleepyheads, arise. That's the purpose of the shofar. That we ourselves should wake up and hear that Hashem is king. Because we've been fast asleep for many months now. Oilam Hazed does that to a person. It's a lullaby that knocks us out. And so the shofar comes along and blows. Wake up, you sleepers. That's how a person has to stand in shul when the Baal Tokea is blowing. He's trying to wake himself up. Miller, do you hear that? Wake up, Miller. They're announcing... Hashem Melech, bestir yourself. Throw off all the styles and fads and ideas of the day. All the things that people are busy with and go back again to the original source where it's Hashem Melech and nothing else. Shema Israel, Hashem Echad. Hashem is the only one to whom we listen. All of our attitudes have to come back to the Torah. That's our source for our thoughts and for our emotions. That's what the shofar is telling us. That's what Hashem Melech means. It means that we are going to be busy all year reminding ourselves that there is nothing important in this world except for Hashem. How is that? How is Hashem one? Only if people make up their minds to listen only to Him. It means to learn Torah, to think Torah thoughts as much as possible. We are a nation whose existence is the study of Torah. We're not a nation merely that lives with Kedusha, a nation that is virtuous and does good deeds and chesed. We're much more than that. We are a nation of thought, of machshava. That's a point, unfortunately, which most people overlook. HaKadosh Baruch Hu wanted that the nation should be a thinking nation. Constantly, always, the Am Yisrael should be engaged in studying Torah and thinking Torah ideals. Of course, Torah can have many aspects. It can be Torah that's complicated and difficult. We call it 
technicalities, halachas. There's Torah, the principles of Torah, the darke ha-Torah, Musr, and the Muna. Even women have so many parts of Torah that are applicable to them. Women can also always be thinking and talking in the ideals of Torah. But whatever it is, we are a nation of machshava. And the shofar is saying, Hashem is your melech, and therefore get busy making for yourself a Torah mind. Of course, included in that is also to shut out from our minds all other influences that contradict that lesson. Certainly someone who listens to the shofar's lessons won't have a TV. Imagine someone who proclaims Hashem king, and then he goes home to a TV or a radio. It's ridiculous. It means he didn't hear anything yet. He didn't hear the tekiyos yet. If you heard the shofar, so you go home right after Yom Tov, and you throw your TV out the window. Make sure that nobody is walking on the sidewalk below. If the coast is clear, drop it out the window. Your wife won't let, so give her some money to go shopping. And when she's out on the avenue, put it out with the garbage. The magazines too. And if you have to buy her a diamond ring to make her happy again, it's worth it. You must. Because if Suderheren, if you were affected by the chauffeur, so you'd begin to understand clearly all the issues involved in living and that life has a purpose. If you were listening to the coronation of the king, you'd understand that the coming year means a year of responsibility. And that's why on Rosh Hashanah, among the most important functions is to make Kabbalahs to take upon ourselves certain plans for the ensuing year or for our entire lives. The Kadmonim used to do that. They would spend some time thinking about themselves and seeing in which area they need improvement. And then they planned certain stratagems. Eitzus v'tachbulus, how to solve the problems of their behavior. Like it says, Le'olam ye adam arum hayira. A man should always be cunning in order to acquire yiras shamayim. You have to plan ahead with various strategies. You can't just go against your enemy when you're unprepared for any tactics that he might present against you. You have to make war with stratagems. You have to find ways of making the fear of Hashem greater and reducing the amount of risk by keeping out to the ways of temptation. Good people would plan ways and means of how to cope with our problems in the new year. And some wrote down their Kabbalahs right after Rosh Hashanah, so they shouldn't forget them. A whole year they kept that list with them. So why shouldn't we do that too? Maybe we can't do it like the Kadmonim did. But even small Kabbalahs, at least it's a promise for the future that things should be somewhat beyond what they were up until now. Whether it's in Shalom Bayis, your behavior towards your fellow man, in the way you daven, your ambitions to learn Torah, undertaking ma'asim toivim and new mitzvahs, or more hidur mitzvahs, whatever it is, to listen to the voice of the shofar and to understand that there is work to be done. And yet, among all the resolutions, as important as each one might be, the first and most important Rosh Hashanah resolution is that this year I'm going to make Hashem the Melech in my life. That's more important than any other teshuva. Now that explains something. It answers a kasha that everyone asks. We know that Rosh Hashanah is a day of the greatest sakana. It's Yom Adin. It's a very great danger because if a man is judged on Rosh Hashanah and Hashem considers that he has more sins than he has mitzvahs, he's finished chas v'sholem. 
They won't give him an opportunity to wait for Yom Kippur. Who knows if he's going to be a Bain Oni that will be kept over until Yom Kippur for the final decision? Very many people are inscribed immediately on Rosh Hashanah, and it's finished. Now, since the deen depends on zichuyus and on non-zichuyus, on merits and non-merits, it would seem that our biggest job, the main function of Rosh Hashanah, would be to stand all day long and to say al-chait. How can it wait? Who knows where we're holding? Maybe even one of Eir less will be machriya l'kav zichuso. How can we postpone this teshuva and wait until Yom Kippur? It's an emergency. If we could throw overboard some Avedas on Rosh Hashanah, we might save our lives. And instead, we're busy with Hashem Melech and Shofar Blast. And the answer is that we're throwing overboard the biggest sin of all. We're doing the biggest teshuva possible by saying Hashem Melech all day long. There's nothing as important as that. Because without that, nothing is worthwhile. You could say Al Chet from now until tomorrow. Yir Shamayim without Shamayim is worthless. Teshuva on details is a very good thing. But the most important teshuva is, am I thinking Hashem Melech? Not only now on Rosh Hashanah. Rosh Hashanah teshuva means that I'm mishcharet on all the times this past year that I forgot this Yisud HaYisodis. I forgot to listen to the lesson of the shofar all year long. And that this year is going to be different. Now after a person has successfully utilized Rosh Hashanah to gain the feeling that Hashem is a Melech, but still there remain some stains on his neshama, which has to be removed yet. Some sins. After all, who doesn't commit some misdeeds in the details? And so Yom Kippur comes to take off the spots. Yes, Yom Kippur is vital for a Jew. But if he didn't succeed in the most important function of Hashem Melech, then Yom Kippur is a failure for him. It's like taking spots off of a mace. A dead body has some spots. What good is it to clean them off? So first you have to be a chai. You have to be alive. And how do you do that? You have to blow the shofar and shout with all your heart all day long that Hashem is a melech. You'll shout and blow and shout and blow. And maybe you'll listen a little bit to what your mouth is shouting, that you're crowning Hashem as melech. But there's a question here. Because it seems like the Am Yisrael goes a bit overboard with this mitzvah. After all, how many tekiahs are required to coronate Hashem as king? According to the Torah, a few short blasts are sufficient to fulfill the Torah obligation. And yet, we do much more than that. The Gemara in Rosh Hashanah asks that question. Lama tokin umri'in kishehen yoshvin vitokin umri'in kishehen omdim. Why do we blow shofar again and again on Rosh Hashanah? Besides for the tekiahs before Musaf, that's already enough to fulfill our obligation. We blow again more tekiahs during Musaf, and then again another set of tekiahs after Musaf. The Seuda is waiting for us at home, but we keep going strong. Let the food wait, we say. We're busy blowing shofar. And so the question is, why is this so? Why do we blow so much shofar? And the answer given there is we do it in order to confuse the satan. On the Rosh Hashanah, the satan wishes to accuse the Am Yisrael. And in order to throw him off balance and counter his accusations, we blow the shofar again and again, much more than required. Now that's not so simple, because the satan actually is not going to be confused by any amount of noise that we make. You can't fool him, because he is nothing but svarah. He's a malach whose function it is to present facts to Beis Din Shel Malach. That's his job, 
to present the facts of the past and thereby deprive the accused of their future. And so no matter what we do, nine blasts or a hundred, he's going to present his case and say, so-and-so does not deserve another chance. So pay attention now to the answer. If the Sutton is trying to deprive us of our future, that's his job after all. So our chief function on Rosh Hashanah is to convince HaKadosh Baruch Hu that we do have a future, that it does pay to give us another chance. And that's what we intend when we blow the shofar again and again. That's what we intend when we make even more noise than is required. We're not only proclaiming Hashem the King, but we're making a rash about it. We're getting excited about it. That's what it means. Halu b'teka shofar. You should be mahalel Hashem with the shofar. Now, many people make a mistake and they think that halal means to praise. You should praise Hashem with the shofar. But it's a mistake. Holel is someone who is excited. And halu b'teka shofar means go wild over Hashem with the shofar blasts. To go all out. And that's the promise we're making. When toikim v'chozrim v'toikim we're not just going to anoint you. We're going to be excited about it. We'll do it again and again until it finally runs off on us that you are Hashem Echad. We won't do it quietly. Hashem Melech will shout. You know, in some places, they do it wildly. If you walk in, you'd be amazed. They're screaming at the top of their lungs. Hashem Melech. You'd think maybe it's not proper. But for them, that's the way to do it. I remember in Slobodka and Rosh Hashanah was approaching. The air was saturated with gravity, a seriousness. All of our thoughts were, we're approaching the day of judgment. But when Rosh Hashanah finally came, all of that preparation, all of that pent-up emotion exploded in the excitement of Hashem Melech. I can't forget that sight. I remember when they got up to say Baruchu, Rosh Hashanah night. It was actually wild. It was something to see. The shots got up and said, Baruch Hu as Hashem HaMevoyroch. And the roar rose from the yeshiva people, raising the roof. Baruch Hashem HaMevoyroch Le'olam Vo'ed. Then they sat down and they all together, they started the first bracha before Kriyas Shema. Baruch Hashem And they were weeping and shouting. What a noise. They were raising the roof and stamping with their feet. They actually went wild. But it wasn't wildkeit. It was wild with thought. Every word they said took a long time. And finally it quieted down. And the shot said like this. Baruch atah Hashem hamariv aravim. And then there was an amen. A roar of an amen. Amen. I'm sure a stranger would come in and say, It's a madhouse in here. A lunatic asylum. And we'd say, Mr., you're right. You come in here a lunatic and you go out sane. This is a place where you learn to have intelligence. Because what's the purpose of intelligence? To understand the truth of the world. And the truth of the world is that there's nothing worth making noise about except Hashem. The world keeps quiet about Him. In the streets we don't hear the name of HaKadosh Baruch Hu among the Umas Ha'olam or by irreligious Jews. The newspapers, all the media, they don't speak about Hashem at all. They ignore that subject entirely. Even in the Yiddish newspapers, it's not in the headlines. It's formalized. Be'ezras Hashem, you'll find. Maybe Roshet Tevos from Besiatadishmaya, other stereotyped phrases, but they don't put in the headlines. Hashem did this. Hashem did that. 
unfortunately, even among observant Jews. The Fruma. I'm sorry to say that to a big extent, you don't hear the Shem Shamayim. The old Jews did that. In the olden days, it was Shem Shamayim, Shogur Bifehem. The name of Hashem was always in the mouths of the Am Yisroel. You remember when Yaakov Avinu saw Yosef's little boys and he said, Mi Eilelach, who are these boys? So Yosef said, Banayim, they are my children. Now he should have stopped talking. They are my children. But he added, Asher Natan li Elohim Bazeh, that Hashem gave to me. Bracious. Naturally, if you have children, Hashem gave it. You don't go out and buy them in the supermarket. Why is it necessary to add that Hashem gave me? The answer is that they were always thinking about him. Hashem was always in the headlines for the ancient Jews. When Rachel didn't have any children and she complained, what did Yaakov Avinu answer her? Hashem withheld from you children. He didn't say that you didn't have any children. They didn't talk that way. Only Hashem gives and takes. And so when Eov lost his property, he said, Hashem Natan Hashem Lakach. You remember when Boaz was walking by his field and he saw the reapers, he said to them, Hashem Imochem. And they answered, Yivarechecha Hashem. With the shame Hashem, by the way. They used Hashem's name in those days because they knew how to respect the name. He was real. He was their king. That's how they spoke in those days. Always at every opportunity, they brought Hashem to the forefront. And not only they spoke that way, that's how they thought. The great tragedy is when Hashem remains in the Siddur or the Machsor. Isn't that a pity that Hashem is relegated only to the Siddur today? That's called a king. So at the beginning of the year, we say that we are going to turn over a new leaf. We're going to take Hashem out of the Siddur and bring him out into the street. That's what we're saying when we blow again and again. We'll talk about him always and mention him always. We'll make noise about him. I know it's not stylish today to talk that way. They'll think you're a frumuk. They'll say you're a show-off. Let's say you walk into a kolel and you'll say something about Hashem. So they know right away that you're an Am Haaretz. But Rosh Hashanah tells us that it's not so. Halalubateka shofar means that we should show it. We should go wild over the proclamation that Hashem is king with the trua. Trua doesn't mean merely noise. It means a big noise. Make a big noise about everything that has to do with Hashem. A big noise about Torah. Torah learning should always be praised. When somebody is a lamdan, praise him. When somebody is an oivet Hashem, praise him. Speak to your children. Praise to them the midah of tefillah b'kavona. Speak about that constantly. How good it is to talk to Hashem about everything. Speak to them how good it is to make a bracha out loud. Teach your children how good it is to love mitzvahs, to kiss the Sefer Torah, to kiss the mezuzah. Speak highly of yeshivas. Speak highly of from Jews. Even to yourself you should speak. Speak highly of gedoyle Yisroel, of our manhikim, the gedoylim and sadikim. Speak of them all the time in your homes. Constantly aggrandize everything. Praise the Torah and praise the Avoidah. Praise good Midas in the service of Hashem. And by doing these things, we are fulfilling our function of trua, of making a big noise about HaKadosh Baruch Hu in this world. That's what our noise has to be about. Only about Hashem. Otherwise, we don't get excited at all. Sometimes you hear an Orthodox man and he says, you know, on the highway there, if you go this way and turn on that other road, he's excited about the highways and how you could travel with shortcuts. Take this way and that way and the throughway. 
you have to know that he's excited about the wrong subject. If he's interested in traveling with his car on Sunday, he gets into his car and he travels. Then he didn't hear the chauffeur yet. He's not from the Yode Trua. If a man is interested in talking to you about business and the market and politics, if he's excited to tell you about a baseball game and special sales in the stores. So the chauffeur says, Shah, quiet. There's nothing in the world to be excited about. Only the MS. The real MS is Hashem Melech. That's where you have to make the noise. And by blowing shofar once, and then again during davening, and then again after davening, we show that we mean business. And even when we can't blow, we shout, Hashem Melech! Again and again. We'll make a blast of noise, and another blast, and we'll keep at it, even more than required, because we're making a commitment now. Don't listen to the Satan, we say. He's talking about the past. But we're thinking ahead. We're telling you what's going to be in the future. We're going to be making noise about Hashem Melech non-stop. And when the Satan sees that we mean business, that we're committed for the future, that confuses the Satan and makes him give up. Oh, says the Satan, what can I do with these people? And he retires in confusion. He gives up. It means that we are worthy of getting a charter for the new year, a new year of life and happiness and success, because we are committed to this program of making a big noise about Hashem always, about being excited always only about Him. Everyone should have a ketiva v'chatima tova. Zaygebenched. Let's get practical. A year of proclamation. This Rosh Hashanah, I will believe that, listen to the Tekiyas and Tefilas with the intention of reinforcing the attitude that this coming year I will proclaim Hashem King all year long by going out of my way to speak about Him as much as possible. And I will spend time thinking through strategies and plans for how I can actually implement this resolution in my daily living.